Welcome to the Punnets Preamble. I'm Simon Donopoulos. I'll be joined by Adam Blanco. Easily one of the best days of the year, Derby Day, even though they have somewhat gutted it in recent times. Still looks at Crackerjack meeting. And the Golden Eagles, not a bad pairing in Sydney as well. Yeah, well, I don't know if they've gutted it. They just moved one race to Sydney. That'd be a fair description of things. Looks like Derby Day. They're just running one of the features in Sydney and the rest of it's jacked. Yeah. It's Derby Day. And next week's arguably even better. It's the biggest week. I've, there are other days that I prefer, to be honest, but it's the biggest week. Yep. Of racing, certainly in Australia. Does the top rated come at Flemington on the weekend? It doesn't, and you're going to tell me who the top rated is because it's in Japan. It's under your jurisdiction. It is. It is. The Tenno Show looks to be three at the top of the betting to fight it out. Equinox ran second to deduce in the Derby. You've got Jack Daw. He's a former pinup horse of the Bruce Award. He's rated 125. He ran friend of the show. He is a friend of the show, Jack Daw. He ran 123 when last seen. And then you got Shariar who beat a four in the derby last year, won well in Dubai and then ran fourth in the Prince of Wales. Can you shed any light on that performance? Uh, Towed up by the Animo form state of rest and just more globally reaching form lines for the great Cox Plate champion. That's my summation of things there. No, it was a good piece of form. His piece of form really is Dubai, though, where he beat, among others, and among several of his Japanese contemporaries and plenty of Group 1 winners from around the world, but he beat Hookham and Piledriver, who then were... Really good win. Well, let's not say really good, but very good winners of the two open age mile and a half races in England this season. So that um, that Dubai Shima classic form of Shariaz is, is pretty good. Is he, of these three, who is the highest rated? Well, it's a tie. It is a tie. Yeah. Shariar 125, Jack Daw 125. What a battle at the top. I'd say Jack Daw's done it more recently. Mm, probably just. Just. Mm. The interesting to see if the market throws up the Derby form as favourite with Equinox. Equinox and Geoglyph. Mm. And they ran one, two in the Guineas before the Derby. Deduce disgraced himself in France, but we're still treating that form as, as pretty solid. But it comes, so we're saying it comes up a notch shy of those two older horses. Just shy. Well, let's hope the betting goes the other way. They love a bit of classic form in Egypt. Well, all around the world. Australia is probably just about the only country that we're very dismissive of our Derbies. We mm. tend to loathe them. In fact, we almost treat it like a put-down. That's Derby form. It's awful. Whereas everywhere else, they love it. I think Equinox will jump favourite. Okay. And I feel like the trendy new blood will get the tick. So the uh, racing and sports punters preamble will be firmly in the corner of Jack Daw and Sharia. Exactly. So we'll have the leader, Jack Daw. Is, oh, is the Panther in? The Panther's in. So Jack Daw probably sits just off. Panther, yeah. He just got him last time. Mm. So, there won't, yeah, there won't be any um, – this won't be any Caulfield Cup or Herbert Power or Bart Cummings style nonsense there, will it? No. This will be on for young and old. So it should get a true piece of form as you often get in Japan. Should be a great race on Sunday. Uh, all the form will be up at Racing and Sports for those looking to delve into the Japanese form. And I believe the King will have a piece up. Trent Krebin will be writing a full preview of the Tenno Show, which should be available, I believe, tomorrow. So keep an eye out for that. And if you're punting on Japanese racing on a Sunday and things go wrong and you're using the racing and sports ratings, you just message Simon <laughs> and he'll pick up the tab. <laughs> that moves us on to the Bizarro, which I'm going to say is one of the easiest Bizarros we've had in recent weeks. What the hell is Pungo doing as favourite in the carbine? You have to tell me. This is, you, you, I mean, I, I loosely agree with you at, at first glance, but... Um, this one had you more rattled. This you were, you were adamant that this was the Bizarro. It's just Kermadec all over again, isn't it? See, the beauty of that 
is Kermadec winning doesn't make this horse any faster. What? I know, it's crazy. So Chris Wallace had nine runners in the Carbine Club for three winners. The market expected one and a half. So he's won double his share. So Chris Waller has it. He's elite in this race. It's true. But he's running up with Fangirl coming through and Kermadec to win it. Looking at those three runners, Fangirl had four starts. She was rated 103. Coming through had two starts, rated 104. Kermadec was rated 100 after two starts with an absolute bullet at his second start. He was certainly set for it. But then SPs, Fangirl last year, even money, understandably. But then coming through was $7. Kermadec was $6. Pungo is rated 92. He won a five-horse field at Warwick Farm on a heavy track. And, and second and third have been playing since. The start before that, he got handed. Satin Star looks a really nice horse. I think it's running Cup Day. Would be following it. But why is this horse five to two? Um, no, I didn't. Um, I didn't make him. I can see the profile, but I you you make you make a very strong case for this being slightly bizarre. Maybe I'm a little shy after last week and I've gone, well, Francesco Guardi, you know, beware the unlucky runner. He won by 300 metres. Yeah, you underrated the froggy to J-Mac, though. <laughs> My goodness. That was 15 lengths after <laughs> looking at it. But he gives me more Cavalmo vibes than Kermadec. Mm. So Cavalmo was rated 89 after three starts. He jumped $9 and ran fifth. I felt Pungo was going to be like a sneaky $10 chance. I'm like, ah, oh, maybe they'll underrate this form. And now he's favourite. Mm. Well, when I, I've done this race and... I would agree. If he was a, I would be interested as a sneaky double figure chance, and not otherwise. The one state you haven't brought up, and I assume the one that everyone will lean on with this, and t- in taking on Pungo, is that in the last ten years, from the hundred and four runners that have switched from Warwick Farm to Flemington, fourteen winners have beaten only fourteen winners. But of those hundred and four runners, they've beaten nearly nine percent fewer horses home at Flemington. They go backwards at Flemington. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> the last point I'll raise on Pungo. So Chris Wallace had nine runners. He's only saddled up one horse rated lower than Pungo going into the carbine. Was that Cavalmo? Yeah. yeah. And it jumped $9. Because he started with a K. <laughs> it's Kermit. <Yeah. laughs> Same colours too, I believe. Mm. Yeah, no, I did look at that. It could, he, Cavalmo was the interesting one. He just had nothing going for him really, did he? Mm. He did run a much better rating in the carbine club. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, Pungo will take a step forward, won't he? Oh, he's not going to be rated 92 after Saturday. I'd say he'll be a bit better than that. But I feel if you back Pungo and he wins, you've been robbed. <laughs> Absolutely robbed. Because I know why it's easy to find him. It's a Chris Waller maiden winner. He's only had two starts. He's progressive, blah, blah, blah. But he is not a 5-2 to two chance on form. No way in the world. No. The form horse is – I can see why you'd want to take the form horse on. The form horse is Tijuana. He has a nice carbine club profile. These horses run well in carbine clubs. The Guineas is – Hasn't had as many winners as the Gothic, but it's from a more select set. It's the race. They yep. run well out of the – it makes sense. Um, and Tijuana's been good there, but Tijuana the whole campaign has been well-ridden and has been very solid, I'll give him that much, but he looks limited at a certain level. That might be a level – it's a better level than what these have been to so far, and maybe that's enough anyway, but he does look vulnerable, doesn't he? Mm. You'd be surprised if he jumped out of the ground. He, I, I can't see Tijuana jumping out of the ground, but at the same time he's – it's still a solid level they've got to get to. Mm, he's like, about good enough to win a typical carbine already. I'm happy to say the Guineas form was average, but it's I average mean, here, it's not average. The, yeah, well, the Caulfield Guineas is average amongst historical Caulfield Guineas. It's not average amongst this three-year-old set. No. It's actually one of the better three-year-old races we've seen. Well, Elliptical went a nose out from making a three from three out of the Guineas last weekend. Yeah, right, yeah. And Berkeley Square, you mentioned on the review show, looks 
a massive chance and not in one of the derby. Not one of them actually improved. Yeah, which is interesting. But they all did run their number. So there's Tijuana again, and I think that's a fair assessment of things. He's he's run a Carbine Club winning ish number in the Caulfield Guineas. Yeah, and he'll probably bang it up there again. So you're going to have to make that leap, but he does look leapable. Yeah, yeah. Just coming back to Pungo, I think the main thing for me is that coming through on Kermanek was six and seven dollars, had better profiles, were rated higher, and you're taking half the price Pungo. That's the big if for me. I'll tell you the big profile thing that you miss with coming through as well that most people will miss that won't be in their notebooks is that he winked at me before that. <laughs> Power of the wink. In the pre-parade, he winked at me and yeah. I knew. <laughs> but yeah, he's got more Montauk vibes than he does Kermadec vibes for the me. The mighty Montauk. The mighty Montauk, who ran 10th in this race in 2015. Who and was, was sneaky better performed mm, going yeah. in. Six starts, rated 101. He started 450. <laughs> Yeah, I've gone through this. I, it really it really <laughs> rattled me that this horse came up favourite. So, naturally, it'll probably win like Francesco did last week. But I tell you the what, price is wrong. He won't win by as far as Francesco did. No. <laughs> <laughs> Some disappointing. There were disappointing runs in that. I overrated Persan was the one. I, mm. Yeah, he was, he was disappointing. Even Grand Promenade I thought was getting fitter and might have been still one away, but expected more. Anyway. Just admit, you underrated the switch. Frog to J-Mac. Yep, I've been giving the frog too much credit for 10 years. <laughs> Buona Notches could be the best horse in the country. <laughs> he may well be. The Dunno comes up in the Golden Eagle Light Infantry. It's very easy to see the form lines on the page. He split two superstars when last seen, admittedly at 20s. But that form is panels ahead of anything in this race, but... It's a very different scenario, dropping him in another country for a new stable. Yeah, that's the Dunno factor. He's a great Dunno because, well, what we do, yeah, you're right. What we do know is that this is a horse with ratings and talent to win, but how relevant is it? I mean, my guess is very, but I would have to admit it's a guess. We're talking about a horse that, do you know how many horses have switched from Doville straight to Rose Hill? I know you've looked. Yeah, one and it missed a place. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, that form last start is pretty irresistible there, splitting in Spiral and Ekrivan. I mean, he's your favourite horse. Mm, and it, it wasn't a gimmick, Jacques Le Marois, either. It was rigid edge. They've run 94.07 and I've gone back 20 years and I've found two that were faster than that. And admittedly, that's obviously got a good deal to do with conditions, but it also was fast against the card. It was a fast and high-quality mile race. And the two horses he split will tell you that. Uh, the two winners to have run faster in that race, and this is a race... The honour roll is just dripping with superstars. Uh, the two quicker, Moonlight Cloud. Went all right. Yeah, she nearly beat Black Caviar. <laughs> um, and she was beating Olympic Glory in Intello. Yeah, wow. So she's running well over 130 that day. And, yeah, 133, Gold of Cobra, running 133. So that's the sort of horses that are breaking that time. Conditions or nine, it was. Inspira was nowhere near 130 winning it this year. In fact, she was on the low side for a winner of that race despite the time. So it was it was a... Hot and fast summer in France, so it can be a little bit misleading, but not entirely misleading. And it was a, it's a strong piece of form. It's a stronger piece of form than this. And I look at some of these horses in the market, and I think we'll airdrop you the other way. Yeah. We'll, we'll pick you up and we'll drop you at Dover. What price? Mm. And it's almost I was saying on the pink side of the Betfair column, there'd be it'd be one of those ones. It's a thousand on the blue, and nothing's lining up in the pink. <laughs> No one's interested in backing these horses against. If this is in France, is the odds on? Uh, we, we'd airdrop the entire eagle field yeah. into France. Expensive operation. 
expensive. But what an experiment. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have a market profile and maybe that's the niggle. Okay. Is that the niggle? Did that niggle you at all? I would have loved to see nine to one instead of 20s last start. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that would – if he was hard, if he was good enough and thought enough of to start hard in the market there, it would almost be – Chips in job. Mm, we'd be getting we'd be getting really warm on this. So you want to want to know some Australian connections to the Jacques Lemarois? I do. There's not many. Cascadian ran eighth. What a horse! In 2009, Vadimos was second in 2016. He came down and ran fourth in Winx's Let him Stella. Up. Mm. Cox played and then fourth in the McKinnon thereafter. And you'll probably remember the next one. I will. Mutual Trust tenth in 2011, and he came down here to win the Mitchell Racing. Benchmark 70 handicap at Wagga, over 2,500 metres. But he won it well. Big win. It was a big win. And, you know, that's a big push for light infantry, I would imagine. The other Aussie connection is Six Perfections won in 2003 and she was the dam of 2018 Melbourne Cup favourite Yucatan. All the fun facts. Yeah. So with light infantry, is there a chance his horse is off the map? He's already trimmed up a fair bit, but does it keep going? He is that in, inside $4 in places now. Yep. It's a, I mean, it's a big field with a lot of angles. But there would be one angle that is, let's just stomp this thing. Mm. And those colours make me think this can happen. <laughs> yeah. Because it was this day 12 months ago. Itotsu. Itotsu My was, God. Uh, there was only one winner there. It was a good thing they opened the gates because he was only <laughs> – that stopped the money pouring in. And there was a few. It, he's not the only one in those colours. Those colours are um, – They don't mind a bit. Yeah, they don't – and they don't miss. And, yeah, I think, they, I think they'll fancy themselves. I threw it over to you when – you were busy working away. So Chain of Lightning's got to be a big chance and you pretty much laughed in my face. I was very, very surprised. I, so she seems to have come out of nowhere to be a Golden Eagle horse. She wasn't a Golden Eagle horse at all. Moody was all getting ready to go up with, um, well, he is there with mm. I Wish I Win. Yeah. And I Wish I Win got into an awkward spot in a Turak and ran a little bit below his form. I'm not even saying much below his form in a Turak. I think a, I think there was a, um, there might have been a little bit of carry on about his wins before that. I've got him going 116, 115, 112. So it's a dip, but I'm saying it's a dip because of the scenario. He got into an awkward spot. Probably would have run his rating if things had have panned out more sympathetically for him. Yeah, Chain of Lightning just strikes me as a, as a real out what, of nowhere. What are you doing there? Yeah, and I know that she – and you said, well, you put a good time figure on her last start. And so I – okay, I concede. <laughs> <laughs> I did do that. So she ran same course and distance on Caulfield Cup Day there. For the races that were over the, the 1,400, I think the track played pretty fair and, and pretty similar the whole way around. But just for direct comparison, she ran what, four pounds better than Aegon, rated 112, and 10 pounds better, faster, I'm saying, directly faster, than the Gothic winner, Sandpaper, who's rated 102. So that sort of says, okay, she's somewhere between 112 and 116 on the clock. And all those races were fairly, truly run. We expect them to be running time about as good as they are. There's... That would be a reasonable assumption to make. So I suppose somewhere in between 112, 116, and I'm looking at, you know, Hinged and Fangirl, that's about what they are. Mm. So maybe she does slot in there. But, I, yeah, she's come out of nowhere to me to be, a, to be that sort of feeling. As I said, I trust the numbers and I've done it. I better, you know, put my money where my mouth is to some extent. Well, I won't be putting my money there because she's surely way too short to be standing. It, I suppose that's the other thing. She fits in with all these fairs. Okay, I'll accept that. I've, she's caught me blindsided, and I, but I accept that she fits in. I don't accept that she's the danger. And maybe then, if she is the danger, mm. maybe light infantry is the, the storm. Mm. 
So chain of lightning, which you've outlined the queries. In the Congo got beat by rocketing by. So leave me out of him. I wish I win. Yeah, in circumstances last start, but they ran along and I'm going to say he was found out. Okay. So that's my little nigga I think that's a reasonable. That's a reasonable angle to take. Are they going to be that? Are they going to be passive with him again? Is he going to be back and? I think they're just going to concede midfield, if not worse. There looks good speed in this, as you would expect for four hundred million dollars. <laughs> Hinge to me is a solid conveyance. She'll run well in this race, but I don't want to back it a win. Mister Mozart's no good. I don't think the Silver Eagle form will stack up. In terms of Valana, Gypsy Goddess, Lowell, why is she first up? And then <laughs> the one that we mentioned earlier, if Hinged is $13, well, Fangirl's got to be inside her. I know it's only marginal difference when we've seen them race, but the one time we saw Fangirl race on a firmish track was first up and she was conceded from the draw and gave Animo, not a scare, but she was very good late. And then two subsequent runs on wet track, she hasn't done anything, but... All reports we're going to get a good track at Rose Hill on the weekend. If we get that, she is a cracking bet. And she was able to quickly find her form onto better ground mm. as a three-year-old filly. It wasn't as if she need, you know, she was able to just turn it straight around, wasn't she? So she's got a track record of doing that. Well, Bowman's jumped off the Derby favourite to be here. I'm not sure he loves the draw. I doubt he does. I'd say wide, the only plus, she shouldn't have any traffic jams. Yeah, it's, well, she's out of traffic. It's get to the outside. No hard luck stories. Can she be positive at all? The thing about Fangirl to me is that she's not push button, but she's strong, mm. which is why she becomes interesting to me in a field of 20 because I think she's made for that. I think she's pretty robust. Have I got her all wrong or am I right in thinking that? I think she's sort of a pretty good – she's pretty good at absorbing pressure and running through it. I have to agree. With Fangirl, most good horses go in on most ground. It doesn't really matter, but she does seem to be chalk and cheese. Dry ground, wet ground. We actually haven't seen her on dry tracks very often. I mean, this day last year when we saw her on good track at Flemington, obviously it was very good. If we get into a good four range, I'm happy just to pen what we've seen at her last two starts. And then her first up run is better than Chain of Lightning. So all of a sudden you could mark a second pick. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's a fairly um, tempting piece of form, closing in on Animo. That makes for reading. Mm. And then we should probably touch on, before we go, Velval, mm. the French, will they be able to drag Dottori off the Ridges Parramatta dance floor in time to get to the... He'll just love it out west, won't he, Frankie? Oh, made for it. Made for it. I'll tell you what, though. They have pulled the absolute Swifties uh, to get him here. So this is only the third time in 40 years that they've run 20 horses at Rose Hill 1500. And they bumped up his rating accordingly just to make sure he got in the field as well. Bit of Frankie fudging. The Frankie factor. They always <laughs> talk about the Frankie factor. Yeah. What can you tell me about its international form? Is he it good a, enough? He won a nice Guineas trial, the Guineas trial, the Fontainebleau, um, and won it really well. Was nine to two in a Guineas off that, which is and that's a, a terrific piece of form. Uh, modern games, Vedeni. This all ties back to um, he was no match in the in the Derby, but it all ties back to sort of El Bodegon. He's not as well performed as El Bodegon, but the pieces are there to say he could develop into something good enough to to win this. I mean, El Bodegon is an interesting pointer because, I, I mean, light infantry, I've got rated ahead of El Bodegon. That might be an interesting point to make. El okay. Bodegon's come across last week and measured up to our best, and I'm saying light infantry's. I don't think many people would disagree that light infantry's 
last start run is, is better than El Bodegon's best yep. in France. There might be some debate with the French Derby. There would be no debate based on the last run before getting on the plane. So, you know, this this takes nowhere near the winning that the Cox Plate was going to take last week. And if Light Infantry can run the sort of race that El Bodegon ran last week, he'll win. But we don't know. We don't know. But part of me feels you've marked him inside two to one. Well, I haven't marked anything, anything, but he does look... He's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Said last week we we're trying to avoid just falling into the trap of the trendy, which was El Bodegon. It is so tempting to mm. say, oh, I know this horse, so I'm going to tip it and sound clever. I'm not really interested in sounding clever. Well, I am, let's face it. But I don't want to be interested in sounding clever. I want to make money or back winners. But this time I think we can combine the two. Yeah. Potentially. But it is, it's always interesting plucking horses from... It never translates, well, I shouldn't say never, but it often doesn't translate as simply as you would like. This all dawned on me. I mean, me. you wouldn't be working if we did. This all dawned on me quite a long time ago when December Draw came down here and became a good horse and Sea Moon couldn't keep up in the weight for age races. And Sea Moon's like one at Hardwick by seven. He's, you know, top notcher and December Draw in, in England was a you know, synthetic off-season horse. So it's not, uh, it's an imperfect, they don't, you know, it's all Australian horses do the same thing when they go to Hong Kong. Some take to it and, you know. Fly. Fly and become superstars over there and then ones that you think, oh, that horse is really promising, they get to Hong Kong and they're legless. Mm. So they obviously just don't acclimatise or, yeah. or whatever. And it would happen whenever you move horses around the world. It's not that straightforward. Unfortunately not. But they've done it, I think, the right way here and they've given it to Kieran Ma and that doesn't seem a bad idea. No. Your best in Melbourne? Best for me comes in the derby and I think it's a good derby. It is. For the I second year in a row, I thought last year's was a good derby with a good winner, good runner-up, who's here again trying to win his way into the Melbourne Cup. Five group winners out of last year's derby, which was more than the five years before that. And I think this is a good derby as well. The derby has certainly changed. In fact, I was looking at it. The um, This is actually the the field average time form rating is higher this year than the four years prior, going in, not okay. necessarily coming out, but going in. So there's a, there's a bit of substance to this, which makes some sense. There's a spring champion winner and a good Vars winner and... Um, but the changing face of the derby is that if you have a look at the top-rated horse going into it, in the last 10 years, that average has been 116. The 10 years before that, it was 121. The 10 years before that, it was 123. Yeah, wow. Because you go back to those days and it was, you know, everyone will lean on octagonal and those sort of things. But those horses used to race each other all the time. They'd race at two, they'd move on, they'd race at three, they'd all come through the guineas, they'd all race each other. And so they were, they'd had, f- you know, far more racing at, at the top level, whereas now you know, these horses are... You know, only three of them, three of 16 that are set to run are, um, have had more than half a dozen starts. So it's more of a springboard to the, the future. And admittedly, it probably hadn't done a lot of spring in, in a few years there. But I think Barclay Square is a... Uh, we spoke on that in the review show about how his time stacked up really well to the relative to the Cox Plate and, and relative to the historical way that those two races, the times have compared and that it wasn't a case of pace either. He was... um finishing quickly it wasn't a hugely strongly run bars by any stretch and he was full of running so i think he's still got more to offer and i i love his profile so i think he can probably jump sharp and smart but it's a good race between the two of them but i think berkeley square barkley square we're whatever going, we're going with barkley yeah is um yeah i think he's the one and I'm, I'm happy enough to flag him up as my best bet i think mr maestro obviously is the other horse he's got a bad draw and 2500 flemington start don't want to be drawn out there um that's going to need some pretty good D lane. Otherwise, you can end up stuck behind some real road bumps in a race like this. 
And there will be a few. There will be a few. Pericles, I must say, interests me a lot as well. Probably a really nice horse next mm. time in. Yeah, but it could be it could be now. Could be now. He was fourteen to, to twenty forty the other day. That's what I mean, yeah. Travelled best. Mm. Travelled best for a long way. Um, but couldn't put the race away, but he's still learning, learning, learning. And this bloke who's training him with the fancy hats. He's got a he's got a clue here. I don't know much about the jockey though. Where's he? <laughs> apprentice or Oh, some kid. I think he's ridden a couple of winners, but you know, give him a leg up. He's gonna be staggered when he realizes how slow we're going in our staying races oh, down is here. Is he now. ever? He was staggered. I'm pretty sure it was William who was down here when Francis of Assisi won for him, won the Queen Elizabeth by three hundred metres. Um he was pretty surprised how slow we were going that time as well. So he's got a good draw and he'll be bang on speed with Pericles and mm. he might be he might just roll along at um, conventional pace and be surprised to be five lengths in front. He's leading by 200 metres. Yeah. Cop this, you get back merchants. So Pericles interests me quite a bit, actually, but because I, I think that vase form, I'm happy enough to back that too. Um, even though it doesn't necessarily rate higher than it, I'm happy enough to back them to spring over sharp and smart. Your best in Sydney? Chopped and changed a bit this week after doing the form, which is always fun. I think democracy manifest in the last really good winner first up. Are you going to make a bad bunch of bad jokes here? No, no. I'll, <laughs> I'll leave them for Flindell on Saturday, hopefully. But really good winner first up and then well-backed last start at Warwick Farm. But you had to be fencing run that day and he was looping three wide and only got beat a length. I thought it was a really good run that probably doesn't look good, which is always the runs you want to find. Perfect draw for Bowman, probably lands just off the speed. I don't think these are much good. There's a few winners, but like Strom Bowley's hard in the market and he won that day at Warwick Farm, fencing run. He's second pick and happy to lay that form. I don't think it's any good. <laughs> so Democracy Manifest certainly appeals at $4. I thought he'd be hard to beat. I'm Lethal, I think, is the danger. They're the two in the race that I'll be backing. But I Am Lethal was a cheeky sectional mm. horse up in Brisbane, given no hope last start. We really liked him first up. He returned as a gelding and... Didn't handle the ground ridden forward and then they rode him back last start at Eagle Farm and as you mentioned, not one of Brody's best. So it'll be the sectional Easters versus the pattern followers. Mm. Interesting clash. But I think they're one too. And looking at the nature strip stakes, the winner's stakes. Time on. Time on it. I was really bullish on loss and running, and you threw the cold water over me and said, What about Eduardo? Fast Eddie. Fast Eddie, and I quickly dismissed him, but he obviously beat Lawson running in this race last year comfortably. He meets him on better terms. And while Lawson running beat him only marginally, the one time they've met this time in, he does meet him better for that outing again. And I just feel like Joey Pride, it would have hurt Joey for people to tell him that he sacrificed Eduardo for Private Eye. It's a horrible map for Private Eye. I'll be staggered if Brenton Abdullah can weave some magic from there. It just looks awful. So I think he's one hard in the market that... Happy to oppose. And then you've got Marzu who gets synthetic hoof filler first time back on a firmer track can pen him. So all of a sudden it's lost and running V Eduardo and lost and running is two sixty. Eduardo seven dollars. He's gonna lead for Nash leaders draw. Is he just gonna pants him again? It's an interesting horse because he's more he's far more likely than Lost and Running to run last. But I think at their best he's a bit better than Lost and Running. Mm. So he's one of those uh this <laughs> And this is a little trap punters fall into, I think, is trying to back the safe horse where lost and running, yeah, he, he looks nailed on to it. He's so reliable. But you don't get paid for running second and third. You may as well run last. Eduardo, you sort of go out swinging. Because if Eduardo's on, and as you, you make a point about the, the coach, 
he can coach. Can coach. Jay Pride, he's one of the best in the country. Eduardo at Rose Hill, four from five. <laughs> and they're just going to leave him alone in front. And they'll um, they'll use his pace, obviously, but they'll probably be a bit cuter with it than they were in the Everest. They won't have to. No. And there'll be a lo- will there be a lot of jockeys that are happy just to sit back and go, ah, oh, Eduardo, he's finished, he's over the hill, and uh, he doesn't even get 1,300 metres, so just let him go. All of a sudden, fast Eddie puts those ears back and zips. Two, three clear and hang on a second. He's he d- off and gone. He doesn't come back easy when he's in the zone. Because Lawson running's going to land the 1-1, Mr. Hugh Bowman, where he lives and breathes. Yep. Marzu's going to land the coffin, I'd imagine. First time beyond 1,200 metres for Marzu. He's bred to get it, but is that a little nickel for them that they're not going to want to press? And then you've got Weona Smart, one who's the other speed angle in the race. Riadini drawn three, but... 400 to 1. So the two dangers, it's 3 million bucks this race. <laughs> we own a smart one's just going to want to stick there and try and hold on for a place. So he's not going to press Eduardo and he could just get an absolute peach in front. And if he's lining up, Joey's confident there's nothing wrong with him. Oh, and I tell you what, if he does, if he can, if he has an on day, a going day, Eduardo, and he kicks away, you get to let loose with a big Mark Sheen. What an outstanding race horse. <laughs> You've got to add that on. That's extra positive EV. Mm. That's what that is. And it's a. it could be an exact replay of last year. Eduardo leads at an easy clip and just burns him off, loss and running in the 1-1 and can't run him down. We do it all again. Yeah. So I thought that was one of the more interesting angles in Sydney on the weekend. That wraps us up. Obviously a big week next week and we'll be too busy to do the review show on Monday. So we're going to wait and see the whole of the cup week before we do our review show on the following Monday. Not locked in yet in terms of a Melbourne Cup preview, but if there is one, it'll be on Monday. Should also mention big news for RNS. We will be on track Golden Eagle Day for the punters podium and Sammy Williams will be joining James Buckley and Alex Stephen. They'll be guiding punters through the winners at the back end of the cup, which doesn't look too easy, but we're fairly confident they'll find some winners. Reward for effort, I would say, looking at that card. So they only need to find one or two and they'll um, they'll pay the punters. And I have faith. Tickets will be $10. You can purchase them on track from any tab teller. Ticket sales close at 2.30. But a bit of fun to get involved with and you'll be able to follow all the bets on the QR code and on our socials. So looking forward to that and seeing Sam Williams get amongst it, a newest member of the racing and sports team.